Uh, Eve Johnson-Horton and David Yates for these eight talking points today in a bumper edition. Eve, you were very cross earlier in the week. Tell me why. I wasn't cross. I merely stated that five days out before our classics, um, the Racing Post had the first six pages was purely on Punchestown. In fact, there was only one very small article about cachet in, in the, at all, and that was on the Tuesday before the Guineas. I'm not saying we shouldn't have Punchestown on the, in the paper. I know that jumping is great and everyone's very heavily invested in it, the general public, but actually we need to then be shifting the focus more. Um, Punchestown, the final great jumps festival of the season, jumping sells the Racing Post as it sells all other racing media organisations. That's simply the, the truth at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, but if you want to sell flat racing, then why not integrate it more whilst you, you're getting the sales in? Make more stories. It's not rocket science, is it? From a journalist perspective then, Dave? Um, I think that you, it's definitely true that in terms of our, our biggest spikes in circulation are certainly the Cheltenham Festival and Grand, you know, Grand National Day is the, is the tabloid's biggest mm. selling day of the year. Of Incre incredibly, you know, that's the, the, the out of all Still every amazing. day. Yeah, mm. that's the biggest one. But I do agree. I think there has been an imbalance over the last couple of decades, really. Uh, that's not to say that Royal Ascot isn't a big seller for us because it is. The Derby, I'm sorry to say, less so. Maybe, you know, you can get on to John Warren and reach for the moon and, and, and help uh, in that regard. But <laughs> there is definitely work to be done. And I think that, you know, this is about a balance. The Punchtown Festival is one of the major mm. jumping festivals of the year. There's no doubt about that, no doubt about that. But, of course, it, it, it's Guinea's weekend this weekend too. So uh, there should be some balance. Chicken and egg, isn't it? What, what came first? You know, is, it the, is it a section of the media? Are we to blame? Are we to blame for promoting jump racing because the festivals have been better packaged in the spring at the expense of, of the flat and therefore have we generated interest in it? I, I think we have uh, and I think also talking earlier about the, the seven Bally, you know, I'm, uh, seven the, Bally Dawson, seven Derby, the whatever. 13, yeah. th th that was on the first, that was on the day of the first all Premier League Saturday Champions League final. Uh, I think it was, was it Liverpool Spurs yeah. or whoever it was. And selling the derby that year to the, the sports desk at Reach PLC, if Reach PLC existed then, but certainly the Daily Mirror, was a waste yeah. of time. It wasn't even worth the cost of the call. And that's a, that's a sad thing. But now, <laughs> a, and one thing that jump racing, a, a, a potential issue with jump racing is the, the, the dominance of... Willie Mullins, Willie Mullins. Mm. Is, exactly. is that go and, and this the, this glut of odds on favourites at at the big meetings is that going to make it a less compelling issue? It's not a slight against Willie mm. Mullins. Any trainer I, will win I the race. I just think they, can. That they they should have had more. I'm not saying stop punch. I'm saying integrate it, and then maybe people will get more interest in the flat. Try and pull some people over to get them. Mm. You know, it's it's our big starting point. It's the big showcase. Mm. It's it's. It was fantastic racing. There were loads of people there yesterday. It is also the, the lifeblood, yeah. literally and metaphorically, exactly. of the industry. Exactly. And I think we just need to be showing, especially our industry paper, mm. needs to put more in. Uh, we talk about Punchestown, but it leads us on, I mean, to, to Willie Mullins, because he has dominated, and Punchestown is five mm. days. He has said, well, he's not sure about Cheltenham going five days. His, his own ambivalence is, is not exactly a ringing endorsement for that. 
that concept? Uh, I think um, for it wouldn't be my preference. I don't. I think four days of great racing is better than five days with some mediocre races. Mm. Generally, um, you know, they already have conditional races and amateur races, and you know, and I know they're very traditional. Some of those amateur races, but I think they, that I really believe that four days is enough. Yeah, and we've we've debated and discussed this ad nauseum on this show and people will be saying please park it now um, but the consultation process is now in full swing Dave and the fact is you've got the preeminent trainer of his generation and the preeminent Cheltenham trainer saying yeah not really that fussed about it no he said it's inevitable from an accountant's point of view mm. um, it's certainly inevitable in the short term from an accountant's point of view whether that accountant looking 10 20 30 years down the line would think a less compelling essentially watered down I don't want to use the word Olympics of jump racing but it but it's it, it it's pre, it's but you premier, just did. it's premier festival thank you um whether whether that is in uh the for the whether that's for the long term good of the sport I think is certainly uh, a moot point uh, there were contributions from uh Sir AP McCoy I think at the start mm -hmm. of this week as well um it it's obviously something that most people uh, outside uh, those who uh, who want more races to win, I think that it's pretty clear what where yeah. the public opinion lies with regard to a, a five-day festival. At this stage. Let's move on uh, to the Hall of Fame. Two new inductees this week, Frankie Dettori and Dancing Brave uh, were the two. Um, we're getting them in slowly but, but surely. Eve, conceptually, do you like the idea of a Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Hmm. It's a great idea. I think they probably need to sharpen it up a bit. You know, we, it's, as you say, it's taken quite a long time, and there's quite a lot of amazing horses and amazing people that could be in there. I think when it gets to the good bit is when people who are currently in operation but have been going yeah. for, say, 20, 25 years, yeah. we're debating, you know, right, are we going to put in Eve Johnson-Horton or are we going to put in... David Yates, for example, yeah. and that's when you generate the debate <laughs> as to who goes in. Is it going to be Gosden or Stout this yeah. year? Is it going yeah, to be exactly? But it's sort of taking. Maybe they should have put the baseline in. More people to start with baseline, and then they could have. Do you see what I mean? I do see what you mean, um, and it's a, something I've discussed quite a bit with Rod Street. What I, I do love, and I know you will be with me on this, Dave, is the fact that in partnership with the National Horse Racing Museum, there is now a physical manifestation of this. Hall of Fame as well, and we're sort of getting to a situation where we might be able to replicate something like there is in Saratoga. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think a, you know, a, a physical manifestation is a very important thing. Um, in terms of that idea that you've just spoken about, sort of so-and-so versus so-and-so, is, is, is there scope for that to be part of a public vote or something like that, whereby you I do think, engage... Yeah, I think you know, a vote, whether it's a public vote or a... Our Saturday nights on television group, are all about public votes, aren't mm. they, for whether it's dancing or, uh, you know, whatever else goes on. I don't, I don't watch there, those programs. There was a public vote, wasn't there, to get Deja in, I think. Right, okay. where they, they, they opened that up to the public. I, I just like, also, I think that the fact that it's about the modern age, yes, that's fine, and I, I completely agree. I think it's an excellent idea. But 
there are so many compelling stories from the past. You know, obviously the the, the, the Victorian jock is the the influx of American riders who revolutionised the sport and then got chucked out in disgrace. The 1913 Derby was written about a lot in. Uh, on its centenary, uh, there are so many amazing stories. Um, Florence Nagel in 1965 taking the jockey club to court for her right, a female trainer's right, to have the license in her own name. Yeah, that's somebody who should definitely be. These, yeah. are, these are amazing, compelling, and really relevant stories. That Florence Nagel story is an amazing one. It was, a, it was the one case in three years of studying the law that actually uh, caught my interest. Um, I, for one, really enjoyed the documentary you did for Racing TV on Fred Archer. Oh, Do you going. think you might, and obviously he would be a candidate, well, he would be a shoo-in, yeah. would you consider doing something similar on the Florence Nagel story? Of course, of course. Uh, the, the American, the, American uh, the, the story of the American jockeys at the end of the 19th century is incredible, and I urge anyone listening now to look it up online and... and there's a lot of, of Sloan, great stories like that Amazing. that we should celebrate again and yeah. really yeah. dig into I think. Well the popularity of racing now is nothing without context mm. to, to set it against. You were at Ascot on Wednesday on Cigarro Stakes Day. I was. You were. There was quite a controversial stewards inquiry. We had the, the winner interfering with the third in the Cigarro. Uh, if the winner had been demoted the second horse would have got the race. Rather similar to the Bet365 Gold Cup of Sandown of the previous season where yeah. the winner was. Well. What's your, what was your position on, on that? It's always been that if you interfere with a horse, you finish behind the horse you interfered with. If you have improved your if position you improve, at, you know, at that horse's expense. Exactly. So there is always going to be a controversy that um, if, if that horse finishes third, you're only improving it. But you have improved... If you've um, significantly interfered with them, and they, I mean, maybe they would have been for second, maybe they would have won. So why should they be, uh, be to their detriment? So... Uh, I mean, it so would you have chucked her out? No, you wouldn't have chucked her out. Not in that particular race. I don't think that it was that significant improvement. Okay, but I can see why it would happen. But you would have been if you felt that the third placed horse would 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 have won yes. or could have won. won yes, uh, had yes. it not been for that improvement, you'd have been happy for the second horse to have been awarded the race. Yeah, yeah, Dave. Yeah. My answer is slightly different, but it's just based on a slightly different interpretation of, of what I saw in the race. As you say, the, the Bet365 Gold Cup, Enrilo stopped Kitty's light in, uh, in the run, and the race was awarded to Potterman. It seems a weird thing, but, it's, but the rule is a good one, uh, in my belief. And I, I think that Enemy was, was the horse on the rail who couldn't get through. Uh, it, it would have obviously been... a um, a, in some ways, a, an unpopular decision to chuck out Princess Zoe. My reading of it was that was the enemy was was severely hampered in that um, example on Wednesday. And, and might, might, the, the key question in the rules is: Might enemy have won? I, I think so, and therefore, therefore. Quickthorn would have won the race. But hmm. but we're just we're looking, yeah. we're agreeing about the rule yeah. and about how to interpret we're just it. We're, we're just it having a difference. Yeah. To be honest, other. I didn't really have a good look at the race, so I, I'm sort of coming in a bit blind, but I'm agreeing with the rule. Right, Living Legend was the winner of the Group 2 Jockey Club Stakes, Dave, on Friday, beating your beer. We've talked about that. Yeah. It's a good story, this. 
it is a very good story this it's a, um the, the the guineas meeting was extended to three days for the the, the first time i think since 2003 to three days yeah. and um we had small fields uh for uh the friday but th this was a, a heartwarming story a horse who had 842 days off with i think tendon problems was essentially retired uh, then was brought back into training this year has proved better than ever uh, won what the Magnolia Stakes at Kempton then a, a big pot on mm. offer for the Easter Classic at Newcastle and then of course defeats Yearbeer to win the Jockey Club Stakes it, I just think it's a th these are r really incredible stories about horses that their trainer their trainer and, and uh, we should mention Barbara Richmond, the owner, has her husband, Alec. It's the best horse. He's the best horse that they've had. We'll go to the Coronation Cup. It reminded me, it reminded me again, talking about racing history, that um, Rubio, the winner of the 1908 Grand National, was, was so badly injured that he was taken out of training and pulled the guests bus uh, of the Saracen's Head Hotel in Toaster. Is that right? Yeah, and then was put back into training and then became the first American bred horse to win oh. the Grand National. So the... the, the, the the amazing thing, and Eve would know so much more about this than I would, but about the, the, the ability of the thoroughbred to come back and, and, and thrive as, as Living Legend has done. Yeah, it's all about time. Time is the only thing that heals. And he had a leg, I believe, mm. tendon injury, and 841 days, what's that, three years? Near enough, two and, half, yeah. two and a half years. Um, you know, it's time. And he was given the time, and suddenly he went, oh, he's sparking up, and why not? Because he's got no miles on the clock. So, so you cannot rush a tendon injury. It not is just leave them, leave yeah. them, leave them, leave them. Mm. I mean, so even then, they might not come back, but it's all time. Well done to Mark Johnston and Charlie Johnston mm. and all the team, all the team associated with Living Legend to get him back. Uh, Shariar is one of a number of high-profile international contenders who are entered for Royal Ascot. It was announced this week. He is currently the favourite for the Prince of Wales Estates, having won the Dubai Shima Classic. A Japanese key horse at Royal Ascot to add to representatives from Australia and the United States and all across Europe, of course. Truly, Eve, this is becoming something quite special in terms of the, the, the biggest profile horses from the east as well as the west coming to Ascot. Fantastic. It's all about international competition, isn't it? And, it's, and, that, and that's what's great about Royal Ascot. It's fantastic getting them here. And the Japanese are really strong, aren't they? I mean, they were brilliant in Dubai. They are just winning everything, which is great. Um, why do you think it is? I think they, they're breeding, they're buying a lot. They bought a lot about 20 years ago, and their breeding is getting better and better and better. And mm. Japanese bred horses are very good. And, and to, to your point earlier on when we were talking about Caribus and the Derby, yeah. and, uh, they, they are, are happy to breed horses who will gallop long and yep. hard. Yep, they like stairs over there. It's going to be... Um, a key news story for the week, isn't it? The presence of Japan and Australia at Royal Ascot. Yeah, it definitely will be. I mean, we're used to Australians winning at Royal Ascot would not be a new mm. thing. But uh, they've been away for a yeah, while. Yes, mm -hmm. they have, yeah. Um, it would be a relatively new thing, wouldn't it, for for American horses? And there are... There are um, well, not the two-year-olds. Not, not the two-year-olds. No, yes, sorry, so the old, but the older, the older yes, horses. Of course, the older horses. We had Tep in, didn't we? Yeah. But mm -hmm. she yeah. sort of stands out. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, Andrew Motion's got an entry, Brad Cox, I think, as well. Graham so, Motion. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, Graham Motion, sorry. Andrew Motion was the Princess Poet, Diego. Poet Laurie, yeah. um, um, yes, it, it's, it's, um, there are new facets to that. As we've had Japanese runners, Deirdre 
ran at, at, in the Prince of Wales and, yep. had and won the Nassau Stakes. Yeah, the day in the sun uh, at Glorious Goodwood. So yeah, it's a it's a, a really fascinating uh, new aspect to what is already an international picture. The fact that that Japanese, American, older horses uh, might show to the fore this summer. Andrew Morton, the um, Andrew Morton, Diana biographer. Sorry, Andrew Motion. Wrong on both <laughs> counts. <laughs> Andrew oh dear, poet laureate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. John right. told me that. That's right. Well, this small, <laughs> small fields at Newmarket on Friday afternoon, uh, and yes, those races you would quite often associate with having small fields, the Jockey Club Stakes, and and so on. Uh, th there was a reason, and Amy Starkey, the managing director of Jockey Club East, said it on the show yesterday, in that the bigger field races were moved to Saturday to support the Guineas, um, so that the World Pool was well stuffed with runners. Dave. Do you like that? Um, well, you'd rather have bigger fields throughout the three days mm. or the Friday, he said, stating the beating obvious. But um, in terms of... There are certain pattern races that we'll never yeah, have. Of course. Mm. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, I, th I think that's a, uh, that's a good idea. If, if you're going to... Um, it, it, Whirlpool betting was launched here in uh, last, last month and it's... It's obvious that for the yesterday was a whirlpool betting day, so you need decent sized fields to stand that up. Mm. And if there is a danger, which there clearly was, that that would be compromised or derailed by having small fields on the Saturday, then it's the right and proper thing to do to put those races on the Friday, which is not a whirlpool betting day. Unfortunately, in the perfect world, you wouldn't need to do that. We don't live in a perfect world, and so I think it was the right thing. Yeah, the industry's being asked to get behind whirlpool eve at a time of oh, uh, financial, financial difficulty. Um, at what point do you think people will start saying, well, hang on, tail wags dog here, if we get to a day when there's a, a really big race and we have to shift that to a Friday because... Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be ideal, but I, I think you're quite right that, you know, there are some pattern races that will never fill, um, but they put the the sprint that Jumby ran in, that was a 100 grand sprint. Mm. Uh, it filled. The yeah. seven furlong race the day before was worth half the money. Now, I probably should have run him in the seven furlong race, but I thought, I'm going to run him in the 100 grand race. And that, it's, it's very simple. Mm. Put the prize money on, the races will fill. And the idea being that if you're generating yeah. more money from Whirlpool, then you can put yeah. prize money on that yeah. day. And that, uh, that's interesting that that entirely affected your Absolutely decision. Absolutely entirely affected. And I probably, he probably would have won the seven furlong race, so therefore maybe I'm a fool. Maybe I should have gone for that. But there was, you know, there was a hundred grand pot there. But if he jumped out of the stalls, stalls he'd exactly. have nearly won your hundred grand. I know, so there you go. But that's, that's um, yeah, that's why. He hasn't been talking to accidental agent, has he? Obviously. And they need Clearly bad training, I'd say. I must, must sort them out a bit better. I, on, a, on a serious point, actually, if you do get one, I mean, he, accidental agent is a bad example, because that's. But, but if you get one who's just tardy away, to what? How much can you do at home to um, get them quicker? You can try and try them with a hood, try and jump them with a hood, so they they learn that when the hood comes off, they jump. But then you uh, are okay. with a blindfold. Yeah. 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 Sorry, blindfold. So and try and 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 that's how you can try and improve their gait speed. And how often have you found it's worked? Uh, couple of times and then a couple of times that some of them say they're just going to no, thank you <laughs> I'll wait a bit longer thank you but yeah it's um, definitely helped accidental agent so he started he doesn't have a he doesn't have a blindfold on now but that's how we started getting him jumping okay. properly
And is, uh, is Jumbie going to get the remedial now? Possibly, or we'll just go up to seven. OK. Um, Scandinavian riders. We, we spoke about this a little bit last week. They were on strike because of the new punitive regulations as regards what they were able to do to encourage horses. And this is, extends further than simply not being able to use the whip for encouragement, Dave. And there has been an effort to harmonise all the Scandinavian rules between uh, Sweden, Norway and Denmark. And we've reached a point where uh, racing's beginning to look very different. Yes. Yeah, so are we, are we going to show these? Are we allowed we, to show we these? We are, clips? absolutely, right. yeah. And um, we're going to be t talking to Scandinavian journalist Zander Brett in a moment as right. well. Right. I mean, there's, there's a... My view about uh, horse racing being an activity that is there to define champions and, it's, and we define them using ethical means. In my opinion, the Prokush whip is, is within the boundary of those ethical means. Now, in Scandinavia, we'll have a look at the videos whereby initially the, the reins are used to, to hit the horse's neck and then a farcical situation where um, where the jockeys, they're not riding out with hands and heels. You, you think there's a circuit to go. Sorry, I was doing that as if I've oh. ever ridden a horse. Lucky was about to point that out. Well, um, <laughs> but in terms, an important thing with this, in world pool betting that we've just talked about, you talked to, talk to Ryan Moore about uh, who has ridden with distinction in Japan and in Hong Kong and ask him what he thinks... Uh, the the punters who are, who are funding world pool betting asking what 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 their how much they will wager on races that look like the ones we're about to watch because anybody who thinks that world pool betting is the answer to british racing's financial woes chuck out the prokush whip watch that and you're living in cloud cuckoo land okay i'm going to bring eve on this uh, in a minute when we when we get Zander on the on the line which he will uh, so hold that thought for the moment those were this week's talking points <laughs>